welcome one and all to episode 198 of tactical crouch for the week and this is the show where we talk about the fact that blizzcon is cancelled um mccree has his new name finally and joe spends most of his week chopping wood in preparation for the show so um joe how much wood you got you're lumberjacking away um i'm just regularly jacking away and how much wood do you got <laughs> You know, it's it's up there. Um, I'm glad that you did an audible laugh this time for our Spotify yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> just just to let everybody know that he is laughing and that it isn't wow. just some sort of, you know, weird, asthmatic old man, you know. <laughs> oh, this is you know, this the perverted, perverted mind laugh, of course. <laughs> After, hey, man, you know, wh whatever you're into, right? You know, uh, you know I'm into Weirdwood. Uh, Yiska's into uh, strange anime TikToks, so. Uh, you know, wow. down. Is he actually? No. Man, who knows? <laughs> Tune into you know weird episode two hundred to find out. Is, the weird part is I believed you, so like I'm just like I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll never find out. No. We Much won't. like I won't find out about Overwatch two ever. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Much it's, like we won't find out who, I, you know, what? I was going to bring up a player who's uh, who's uh, some rumored players where we don't actually mm -hmm. know where people are going just yet. But you know, we we won't talk about that apparently. We, as uh, do what? you guys have any Halloween plans? Anything coming up? Yeah. Any costumes? What oh, we, that's what's like, going on, Yiska? What's what's up with you? What's what are you doing on the thirty first? We are going to uh, it, the first. So the Monday is a German holiday, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And then mm. over Sunday, like everyone has to pick two Hollywood, uh, Halloween movies, and we're just like binging through it, like eight movies or something like this. Just I'm the biggest movie. movie watcher I know. You every every week, it's just like I didn't yeah, used well, to be no, like this. Now that we don't take to a crush, I'm gonna go watch a movie, uh, and not just like, <laughs> not just like sitting at home. I'm putting something on the TV. You're like physically going out to a cinema, like like mm, weekly. Yeah, because um, we, we have like a, a a card that allows us to go into the cinema as often as we want for a fee. You also have friends in real life. Yes, that's also Shelves. true. True. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Recommend so that I very should, much. I should cancel the, the Mercy cosplay that we got for you for for BlizzCon. That's that's a no go. I mean, this year I might fit it actually, but <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, keeping his keeping his boyish figure. Um, you know, much like Yiska, you know, many people are, you know, as Avril mentioned, uh, kind of upset that BlizzCon is uh, going by the wayside this year. They're reimagining it. Um, but you don't have to reimagine. Um, you know, your 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 nether region grooming. That's why support for this show, Ooh. this episode of Tactical Crouch. Uh, is brought to you by Manscaped, who offers the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. They are the best in the business. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, boys, I'm going to give you a pop, you know, surprise trivia for a moment. Uh, what do the Dave Matthews Band and the Overwatch League have in common? I don't even know who the Dave Matthews Band is. That's okay. Uh, space, the space between, the space between your nether regions, you know, the, the below the belt, you know, the, they're the champions of it. You want to clean up that space. Maybe just a little hint on Why? maybe who we're talking to, or we're talking about rather today. Um, mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, keeping your, um, uh, your three piece set nice and nice and healthy, nice and nice and fresh. Uh, you don't want any kind of McGravy on them. You want to keep your wrecking balls nice and clean. So you use that crop reviver. Now, if you want to get real smooth, clean, testicular fortitude, you don't want to have any kind of funny astroturf down there. 
use that lawnmower 4.0 with that 4k led 4000k led mind you uh spotlight to keep you nice and nice and trimmed up now if, if that seems attractive to you if that's something that you're interested in uh you can use 20 percent off and get free shipping with tactical crouch as the promo code that's all caps tactical crouch no space at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code tactical crouch to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your job or for the job uh with manscaped and uh your your wrecking balls will thank you that's what you draw um <laughs> there it is make sure you plug that code in get your offering and get ready because i got some more, more overwatch news this week obviously i mean that's oh, yes. really what we talk about this show really exists because teams are still picking up players i can't wait for the week when actually no teams make any roster moves and we're like damn what are we talking about gonna have to talk, we're finally gonna have to talk about overwatch 2 <laughs> And you know what? There's also no news there. So damn, yeah. we actually don't have anything to talk about if that's the case. Um, we have our very special episode 200 coming up. And mm. what ruining the surprises for what that is going to entail just yet. But um, it's going to be a different type of episode. which We're trying something a little bit different in a good way. And hopefully you'll all enjoy it. But it's still two episodes away. We're on to 198, which is obviously also, as well as Manscaped, brought to you by lovely patrons. Battle Crab, Refine Bean, Bronze Bob Buhau, Chare, Chris R3444, and Frodino, Huntertain, Porkchop Sammy, Cashew 67, Ocean, Rex Zane, Bollamel Sugar, High, Bollamel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. So, uh, a couple of Bollamel <laughs> Charlottes in there. Uh, and also, our YouTube members as well Fire Element 6, Ice Ham Jello, Grow Roots, AK, and Chris R. Which I don't know if Chris R is related to Chris R3444, but they might be related. They might be the same person. If it is, Thank you twice. We love, we love Chris. But we're I, I have a funny into, feeling it is. We're going to get into um, our first topic of the day. It's been on screen. You, if you're listening to Spotify, you wouldn't have seen that thing on screen, but it's on screen right now. It's the BlizzCon blog post where uh, they've announced that they are not going to be doing a BlizzCon in February of next year. Mm. So... What does that really mean? How? What kind of implications does that have? I think it's good. I think it's like kind of big enough news that you want to kind of talk about that, where there might be some extra details in there that you, if you want to read between the lines, or I don't want to use the word consequences, but definitely like there's going to be some residual effects, right, of what this kind of means for all Blizzard titles and especially Overwatch moving forward if BlizzCon is not part of the mix for February next year. And who knows, maybe November next year they might think about doing something else again maybe it won't come back for a long time it's, it's really hard to say yeah it's it's something that i think a lot of people especially within you know our neck of the woods but in, in gaming in general tend to look forward to not only is it kind of a, a gathering of the nerds in a very beloved way um i use that you know term lovingly um it is still a showcase for a triple a AAA developer or yeah, i guess a conglomerate of developers at this point um, with King and Activision and Blizzard all kind of being wrapped up within one showcase. Um, I I guess my only thought on this is that I hope there's something in the interim or some sort of, you know, increased communication. Uh, at least with Overwatch, we constantly hear that like, oh, yeah, we're going to try and communicate more and we're going to, you know, talk to you guys and give you updates more frequently. And am I wrong in feeling that it feels like lip service a lot of the time? I hope that well, this isn't the case and that we do get something else. 
you say it could be lip service, but in my opinion, I think the, mm. the intention is there. The execution is completely not. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's not because they're trying to lie. Um, this is giving a lot of benefit of the doubt. So, you know, be, be, mm. to be very clear about that, I don't think they're necessarily like lying. Because if they're, yeah. if, you, if you don't want to be in, uh, transparent, you don't want to give information, you just don't say anything. You just like, no. Mm. You don't even make an announcement that says we would like to be more transparent. You, didn't even, you don't even do that. You just simply don't do anything. But if you're going to put it out on record that you want to be more transparent, you want to get more updates, then I do believe every intention was to do so. But that doesn't mean that it always pans out that way. And this is maybe making me me making some excuses on their behalf. But things can change. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that can be maybe they fall behind in, in production and development. Maybe they fall, totally. fall behind in... Uh, or maybe, you know, something goes wrong. Maybe they were developing something that was looking pretty promising. Mm. And then they have to kind of take a couple steps back because it doesn't work out the way they thought they would. And what they were they were going to be transparent and announce something and talk about something publicly, but then they can't because they have to kind of scrap something they were working on. Could have mm. been a new hero, could have been a new feature that they had to scrap. Could it be a bunch of things. So it ends up being that we did have some stuff to announce, but now we don't. Um, and that's just giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt here. So, but um, Keep it I would like to see, I would like to see, especially the Overwatch team, but all of all of the Blizzard team, because I'm still interested in what's happening with Diablo Four. Yeah. Um, to see if they yeah. will make some announcements on their own outside of BlizzCon, because I do believe in that blog post there was um, a statement made about that. We have a lot of uh, exciting upcoming news and releases to share with you. You'll continue hearing about those through our franchise channels with mm -hmm. the talented people at BlizzCon team playing a part in supporting these efforts. That's kind of what they said in terms of if there could be more announcements, which is basically a very bland, yeah, there, there probably will be, but we're not going to commit to anything. Mm. Yeah. I think... What what we also need to realize is, is BlizzConline already is like four months late, theoretically speaking, mm -hmm. right? Like last year, I think it was in February. Usually BlizzCon is in November, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. First weekend in November. Yeah. So we, we are already um, behind, so to speak. And I think four months was a fair like duration of um, delay because of the global pandemic. But I will say... That it is pretty weird to not have this. I, I understand that they probably don't have the con feeling as much. I, I agree that it probably takes a lot of time. They say like they want to reimagine what BlizzCon is. Um, I, fe I feel like a lot of... A lot of Blizzard... Activision Blizzard's strategy is still to... Like brick and mortar store type of uh, focus. So I really yep. hope that they move more of their approach towards a the adjustment of um of their strategy generally speaking uh into mm. the virtual space. And to be honest like yes, BlizzConline didn't feel like a BlizzCon even for those that were watching from home. Because a very big part of the the situation was the interaction. Like we had a lot of great moments through the years. Uh, because of BlizzCon, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it starts with, like, Red Shirt Guy. Like, some guy points out, like, there's a, um, a lore mistake in the game, and the developers are like, wait, you're right, let's get that fixed for you. And this guy then makes it into World of Warcraft, right? Mm. Um, and they've, they've, again and again, each year been very interesting um, interactions. It's memed. It's, like, uh, it becomes, like, sort of, like, Blizzard universe uh can canon it's like this cool cultural thing 
that we can't, currently can't have, but the opportunity would have been to make it scalable, to make it virtual, and to sort of like try to follow and step into, into the, um, the same battle that companies like Epic are currently fighting, where they mm. are moving more into the virtual space. And yes, like I got to use the, the buzzword, but like moving towards uh, metaversial product lines that are integratable and could make um, advances there. And I've, I've written an article, it must have been over a year ago by now, saying exactly that, that we're not doing that as much. And the, the only thing that we did have at the time was like the virtual studio for Overwatch League Season 3 uh, playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what we got. I will say like last year they were at least exploring concepts. This year, unfortunately, there wasn't really anything um in in that regard right so yeah i i I'm wish a... i wish this company was more future facing and not as resting on its laurels of a pastime right if i read you correctly what you're asking for yesker is you would like the next blizzcon virtually to be held within world of warcraft and then you'd all get your wow characters <laughs> and you'd all sit around the I don't know, not a bonfire, maybe a really yeah. large bonfire. You all sit around the world tree. I don't play World of Warcraft, and uh, um, and then you time. you sing look, Kumbaya, and then look, there it is. There's yeah. okay. His face comes on, and then uh, <laughs> okay, have a little concert. Real talk. There were sad years in my life where I definitely celebrated, let's say, New Year's in in mm -hmm. World of Warcraft. Like yeah. friends were that, all over the world studying that. there. But like that experience made it better to be with virtual friends that were in a similar boat and celebrate there. And it didn't I mean, feel shit, less genuine. A, that's, just a, that's just a very advanced Zoom call, if you think <laughs> yes. about it. Yeah. So it's not that sad. I mean, yeah. I, I think some people would, would potentially celebrate it in that way. So look, if people are willing to celebrate on a Zoom call, you're just doing it with more steps involved. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I don't mind it as much as I'm memeing on it, because it's funny. I don't mind it either. Um, what it would be sad, what would actually be sad genuinely is if, if like a live in-person BlizzCon never happened again, ever. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, despite having never been to one, it's one mm. of my biggest regrets that I've never gone to one, but I never had the means to go to one previously and um, I didn't get hired for World Cup. Um, and yeah, I didn't get quite get the opportunities to, to go to one, you know, when, when I probably... Um, felt like I, I would have been you know i felt like i, I could have a fair chance to to mm. maybe be there funny enough like a, a, i think 2019 yeah 2019 um what ended up happening was that you had i turned down something as well in 2019 where there was a whole world cup ha thing happening in 2019 or uh, overwatch it was the last year world cup by the way mm. and a bunch of the teams had to self-fund their way there and one of those teams was team new zealand and eventually they did self-fund their way own way there and they did actually manage mm. to go over there um through i can't remember what they did but they somehow got the money for it mm -hmm. and i was offered originally to be part of that committee team again because i was so in 2017 mm. and try and build a team and get them over there and myself probably go over there as well i turned that down because i was expecting to be hired for world cup that year and uh, also because i would have felt like it'd be weird if i went part of a team and then also and then i'd be that guy on a team instead of the guy that's meant to be working there yeah um so i don't know just like me, just like me, chilling with my team and like, hey, hey guys, just waving at the waving at the casters, like, hello. Uh, I just no, that wasn't gonna be me. I wasn't gonna be doing that. So, 
uh, I turned that down. So I've never been to BlizzCon. Never been to BlizzCon. Mm. And I would love it if they did another in-person one. And I, you know, I probably would just go as a fan. I think I'm committed enough that like in future, I'm in a better place financially as well. So that it's like, if I, if there was, if I was going to plan a holiday, that would be mm. like a potential holiday I would plan. Whether I, whether I would be working there or not, it wouldn't matter to me. I would want to go as a fan in the, at the next one, if there was going to be one. So I think having an, imper- cause you're right, Rieske, like the, the sort of interpersonal part of it is, is what's important. Like the part where you get to interact with, um, I don't know the developers and the games and see the new stuff, get the announcements, play the betas and play the play the whatever build they have at BlizzCon and meet all the other fans and yeah, do all the cool stuff. That to me is what it's really about. And and if I don't care as much as about the announcements, I guess I care about it, but I care about it in a way where like I could technically just watch all of that stuff at home. I think yeah. the thing I would care more about is is the ability to have a thing that gathers people mm-hmm. together in real life. So in a world without COVID, hopefully a November sometime soon, we'll get that. And it makes me sad because we're nearly at November now. Actually, depending on when you listen to watch this episode, Possibly, you might already yeah. be in November. So, you know, where you just reminded me of the date and looked at the date now. It's like, man, we are like a week away from when BlizzCon normally would be. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like, I also feel... Even though they said it wouldn't be like this, I feel like this this is at least an indicator that we might get delete de- delayed information about those games. Because yes, like you're saving a lot of time by the way, and I think people are probably are aware that like preparing for BlizzCon takes everyone's time, even the developers and whatnot. Like getting stuff ready for presentations, sometimes you want to have a like on on scene beta clients uh, or alpha client that um, visitors can play on, so that's a draw and stuff like that. That takes all preparation. And let's be honest, as a company right now, Activision Blizzard, but especially the Blizzard portion, is working on big projects that need finishing. That's mm-hmm. true for Diablo Four. That's true for Overwatch Two. I feel like I'm missing something else. Uh, World of Warcraft Two. What of <laughs> Oh, sorry, that hasn't been announced yet. My bad. I mean, um, I'm sure they're on the next expansions, um, like developing content there. Like the, all of this, wouldn't we be up, by the way, for an announcement of a new Blizzard expansion? Uh, sorry, World of Warcraft expansion, this BlizzCon, theoretically, like by cycle? I, yeah. I feel like that's true, yeah. So, like, there's a lot that they, they need to deliver. And if due to delays, mm. or, I mean, let's be honest, company difficulties and departures, everything is mm. delayed, then cutting this makes sense because I think a lot of people would rather have the games than uh, so, like much sooner than you know right. the BlizzCon situation also just because how, how few people are actually being served by the BlizzCon well, I've got to tell you something though Jessica. here's the other, the other angle you have to look at it from is that BlizzCon's typically year by year serve as a sort of a deadline for developers yeah. in, in a way where like, you have to have X or Y done in time for BlizzCon because you got to show this thing at BlizzCon. Yeah, X or Y build has to be playable at BlizzCon, so it does yeah. put a deadline on developers, which I think this is debatable, but it could be is, is kind of like a healthy thing in a way. And people say like, "Oh no," but then what about the crunch and stuff? And it's like, well, sure, but then there's also the thing where like you just go in perpetual development cycles and development yeah. hell, where like, all right, well now you don't have a deadline, you just you could just do whatever the fuck you want. I, I'm sure it's not as gen- I'm sure. Like what I just said might like sound even offensive to a developer because it's like I'm sure mm. like internally there are deadlines. Like I just I just insinuated yeah, yeah. there are no deadlines. Like that's ridiculous. I'm not yeah. saying that. 
what I am saying is like BlizzCon was a very clear mark in the line in the sand mm-hmm. where you needed to have some shit done and had some shit like ready to go. That's public facing because there's a difference between that deadline and internal deadline that says, hey, do this thing by this time. If it's different when you're doing it internally and it's different when you then have to show that to a public, right? That's, that's, these are two completely separate things in two different ballparks indeed. So, I mean, let's be honest, um, like being very creative and being very conscientious doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. Like a lot of the creatives I know do their best work an hour before the deadline, right? And like enforcing hard deadlines. That's also where some of the worst work comes as well. We're like, well, I'm just going to get it done. (laughs) Yeah, but creative work is a lot of overthinking, I feel like. There's a lot of like, you want to like crime this in and this isn't perfect like sometimes you just gotta say you know what it's good enough bro just get it out like you you gotta get this thing finished by the way your facial reactions for the podcast listeners that are only listening to audio joe is just like in a constant state of nodding or asking himself oh is that true is that true Mm -hmm. Um, i think you need i think you need um if you were doing if you were doing an action or a face that audio listeners can't see, I need you to describe that face. So while Yiska's talking, Joe's got to come and is like, by the way, I'm doing a nodding and smiling face right now. And then just, and that, but continue, Yiska, keep no, going. Just, so Joe just, needs just to do say that the okay. twitch emote out loud. Okay? Uh, I'm t- yeah, Joe, Joe, sure. I'm, currently do- I'm currently doing a Pepe laugh. Continue, though. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so Joe's doing his Pepe laugh, and you're, you were saying, Yiska? Yeah, and then, I mean... Let's be honest, a lot of those people also got in, not just to please their employees, uh, employers, but to please the crowd. And that, that additional weight of like wanting to present to the world instead of like now like, and meet the people and interact when they get to see the thing you made first might just be additional. Um, can you please say the emote that you just I made? I know, Twitch <laughs> emotes that are like, mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like what? What would that be? And translate that into use, Twitch. Use a Windows Microsoft email. I don't know, man. You, um, why? Why are you only like thinking emoji? Thinking yeah, emoji. You're only yeah. using Twitch emotes. Come on, you can get a little bit more creative than that. You can use YouTube. Sorry, they don't exist, but um, you can use um, yeah, any any emotes. It's fine. Um, right. Yeah, I I think you're completely right in saying that this will definitely. It it does say as much about the uh, development cycle as it will impact it. Let's say that. Yeah. I think it needs. I think you need like this is where you know I'm I'm like shifting topics slightly as well. Where you, you guys remember when there was that internal milestone that was announced mm. for the quarterly whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and then it turns out I'm pretty sure it turned out to be that the quarter the the, the milestone was that they had basically feature locked the game, and yeah. a bunch of people who don't understand how the world works kind of got uppity about it. I was like oh no they're gonna be rushing the development now yeah. oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cyberpunk like you know how, how the internet normally goes when they 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 only work in binary extremes where you know oh if it's not if it's not the best thing in the world there must be like a total apocalypse right so they go they go to the the straight other side they go from 11 to like a negative one in mm. emotion so they go to the negative ones like oh it's gonna be cyberpunk it's like or Maybe the development team needs to lock the fuck down what they need to yeah. do, so we're not perpetually in development yeah. until until literally twenty seventy seven. Um, so you, you know it's it's important because you're you're not wrong, Yiska. Like you know sometimes it's about just locking it in, and being like, all right, we need to stop theory crafting and just actually get to work. 
Otherwise, mm. you're not going to have a game out. Otherwise, you're going to be Anthem, where you spend the first five years of your seven-year development cycle fucking thinking and brainstorming and writing the whiteboard, and then your last two years fucking crunching with extra studios piling in the work to then release a game that's not finished. Um, you need to you need to lock down your features and work on the damn game. Is is what it is. And then, again, I'm I'm being real general about how it all works. There's a lot more steps involved in that. It's a little bit more mm. complex than that. I understand. Um, so I don't want any developers uh, thinking that you know. <laughs> I, I'm generalizing it too much. I am generalizing a lot, but I'm, I'll, I'll at least admit that I'm doing that. So, you know, uh, I'm on the same page with you. But yeah, I I would like to have some hopium that um, it does mean that we can get a, a proper BlizzCon at some point in the future to bring us back around to the main topic. Mm. And that um, I, I do hope that, however, that BlizzCon being canceled isn't some like, then signed for the dev teams to not give us announcements and just to do their own thing again where we're not going to hear anything until who the hell knows when. Because ideally we hear something before BlizzCon then. Because I, I, in my mind, thought like, well, that means we're probably, originally that we were probably going to get some news at BlizzCon, which is in mm. February. That's still four months away or three-ish months away. Whereas now that you're not you know, tied down to BlizzCon, you can do an announcement whatever you need to. And mm-hmm. I hope that they do one earlier rather than later. Um, any quick final thoughts? We're going to move on. We're going to go to the next thing. Done. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, speaking up about things that were cut out, that's actually not a nice way to put it. I, I feel bad for that comment. Um, but D-Pay is no longer with the Gladiators. So. That was a whole thing. Huh? David Pay. Mm-hmm. Who's been That's there sad. the entire time? He was the last coach. He was the last coach that had been with the same team since the beginning of Overwatch, right? Overwatch League. Yes, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. And now that he's gone, no coach on any team has been with the same team the entire four seasons. Yes, and I think it is sad. It is sad because mm-hmm. he was kind of holding up that banner for a while, and I think he successfully led that team. It's it's kind of weird and funny how public sentiment changes mm. so quickly. And I, I won't try and pretend like this is all the same people because obviously different people online will say different things. So maybe all the DP haters shut the fuck up really quickly when he announced that he was leaving. Or maybe they did change their tone and tune and they, they hopped over to the other side of the fence. But you had a lot of like, even though Glad's still made a reasonable run and they lost to two of the tournament finalists in this playoffs, as they normally do actually, they for some reason always end up facing up against the tournament finalists and that's what gets them knocked out. Um, and they were very close. That if they had beaten Atlanta, they probably would have been in the finals, in my opinion. But that's another point. People were still angry. People were still angry at Glads and angry at Depay. I'm like, no, you got to fire Depay. He's got to be done. Those people were placated for a while. They're like, your Depay wins Summer Showdown, not Summer Showdown, Countdown Cup. But that's apparently still not good enough for some people because mm. people will say like, oh, but you didn't beat Shanghai. You didn't beat Dallas. I was like, well, okay. Well, they also didn't. Who cares? They got a title. They beat who they needed to. They beat top teams anyway. They still beat Shanghai. Sorry, they still beat Chengdu. It's not like they just walked through without any solid competition. That was still hard for them to do. Yep. Um, and so, you know, they were, all the people that were like, fire D-Pay, fire D-Pay, fire D-Pay, then either decided to hop over the fence or say nothing when D-Pay announced that he was actually leaving. And then you'll see all the good supportive comments come out and be like, oh, yeah, D-Pay was actually really good. It's just so weird, the kind of like, I don't know, the almost can I say bipolarism of like how fan bases think about this kind of stuff. It's mm. like it's on one side you have fired Deep and the other side is like no Deep has been great the entire time. And it's just it's just so weird to me. But 
I personally felt like he was, he did a great job and he was really good. His team was super consistent, had always made playoffs. Yep. Plenty of teams have done so much worse than that. Mm. His only crime is apparently never having properly won anything, but he actually yeah. got a countdown cup. So I give that to him. Yep. Yeah. I think that in general, um, I think the, the, the criticism that maybe not living up to expectations, um, maybe has some weight, but I think you have to kind of put that to bed, at least with this last roster, whom I think um, performed up to, if not meeting the expectations, um, maybe even, you know, exceeding them in, in some areas. Um, it's sad. Um, obviously, it seems like there was some uh, dilemmas, let's say, with uh, how or why or just the the entire departure in general but uh go i should it, go, go and explain the departure i mean the people that don't understand. so again i'm paraphrasing this um it, there there was some... Sorry. okay fair um <laughs> i think there was some pushback um regarding comments made um from his camp um from the gladiators management um on how it happened well maybe perhaps why it happened um there are twit longers and reddit threads and all kinds of stuff so check that out if you're interested um i'm not going to get into speculating as to why but it seems like there was some uh again dilemma circumstance that uh is is trying to be hinted at with these um but yeah i i, I won't it doesn't detract okay. away from his kind of legacy i'd say I feel like if I was someone that was not informed about what happened to the whole DPA departing glads, I'd, I'd also, I still don't really know after you explain it, Joe. Um, yeah, it's, here's so, the thing. it's kind of just a mess. It, it is a mess. And here, I, I'll give you one more. Everyone that keeps speculating these threats and using language with such high certainty, mm -hmm. shut the fuck up. You don't know shit oh, yes, about yes, shit. Yes, it, it's the internet. It's the internet where, where people that are never qualified to speak on these things, uh, even, even I don't even consider myself super qualified to speak on what the hell happened there because I don't know either. But the people who know even less than us mm. use like extremely certain words like, oh, this is exactly what happened. Like, really? Is it? Dude, <laughs> dude are you there? The, people got to realize that there doesn't have to be an evil person in every story. This is life. Real life is not a Disney movie where there's a villain and there's a superhero. It is entirely like, possible. An <laughs> it's entirely possible oh, that two competent individuals were interacting or, or, or more in, uh, in that scenario, going after the best interest of all parties involved, and this still transpired. It is also possible that if we have full access to a video recording of that final interaction, we still wouldn't get a fraction of what actually transpired because the chances of this, this situation like breaking just in that moment is zero to none. The And competitive surroundings are inherently going to be high emotion. Okay. This is not a job. Like, you go to your job for eight hours, then you come home, maybe you f fire one email back, and then you are emotionally detached unless your manager pisses you off. This is a lifestyle. This is an all-or-everything for 
Danya nine months a year. And three months, granted, you can probably sufficiently piss off and do something else. Mm. And without speculating, without any like behind the scenes knowledge, is I guess I, I get it's fun. I get you like I know you really want the drama. Like mm -hmm. you want to oh, pretend you want to pretend that you're not doing like desperate housewives right here. You're doing the equivalent, my fr friends. Like when you're on every drama but discussing zero gameplay discussions, and those are the threats that are always hitting top front page. This scene is, and to be fair, most esports are all about the drama, and esports is a lie. You can just say you can just replace the word esports with real life. Right, mm -hmm. the amount of people that buy tabloids and laugh that shit up, caring about who who had extramarital affairs with who, yeah. like, yeah, Jesus Christ, the amount of and here's the thing about economics and the way the world works for people that don't realize the supply and demand, that shit wouldn't exist if there wasn't a demand for it. Yeah, people are just giving a supply to something there's a demand for. There's enough people out there that demand drama that the supply is there. Mm -hmm. Um. That's why you have all the TMZ BS. TMZ wouldn't exist if there wasn't such a huge demand for drama. I don't know what it is, but human beings, and this is why I, I this is where I can't fault people too hard. The only thing I can fault mm. is everyone's lack of awareness of the fact that like you are contributing to bullshit drama. Um, but for some reason, human beings are subconsciously drawn to, to drama, and they love that shit. And and this, we had that there was that discussion like way back, not even way back, just recently actually about. How like oh a room is good or bad for the esport and there's a back and forth on there mm. and here's the thing about it doesn't that, that can I just say that question is is entirely irrelevant I don't I don't it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's good or bad for it yeah the, the more question is why do people want it and at the end yeah. of the day people want the leaks and rumors because it's because it's fun and spicy and it's drama and there's, there's drama involved in there as well whether you like to believe that or not and people want that shit for every person that's like oh man rumors they ruin the announcements and they ruin x and y things for every one person that says that there's 20 motherfuckers are like where's the next rumor oh, i want to know the next leak. give me the next like there's 20 people like that yeah so they they outnumber the people that don't like the the, the leaks by like 20 fold if not way more this is just how it is yeah and i i don't mind the people that are straight up with their desires and just say how it is i respect that more than people rationalizing their bullshit idea why leaks are healthy or whatever they are. Just say you want it, dude. Just like... Say you like drama. Just yeah. say you like drama. Yeah. Just say that. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I can deal with that. It. I'd be like, well, you're just, you're just being a human being. You're being a human mm. being yeah. that lacks self-awareness, which is probably 99% of the population of the Earth. That's how it is. Yeah. yeah um, on some topics, for sure. But, like, I mean, th that's also when others need to step in and just put a mirror in front of your face and say... That's happening, dude. Like, <laughs> take a damn good hard look at yourself. Um, okay, let me clear it up. Let me clear it up because we still haven't really explained. So, okay, this right. is my understanding. I'm going to stick to basically the facts of what people have said. I'm not going to get too deep into it, and I'm not going to inject my own opinion. What it is is essentially um, D-Pay did not want to leave Gladiators initially. I uh, guess it was his choice. He didn't get fired. That's been very firmly established. He was not fired. He chose to leave that he wanted to stay because the, the part of the criticism was that oh why did he leave so late if he wanted to go why didn't he go earlier and that's true because if he went earlier then i don't know maybe ty dollar stays maybe he gets promoted maybe they figure it out and it's all a bit more smooth that's what we call an amicable departure this seemed this was not amicable 
um there were burnt bridges here for sure and that's just a fact of it that's why why it was so sudden is because i'm sure both parties originally had it in their minds that dpay was going to stay and i think both parties would have been happy to have dpay stay but there was something that went on um and and by the way it, this wouldn't have just happened in the space of one meeting this would have been happening over potentially the entire year or the entire four years the dpa has been with the gladiators in terms of the back and forth between the management but it probably boils down to a single meeting where the, the straw broke the camel's back and you know the meeting comes down to uh potential disagreements within with between dpa and the gladiators management um i believe there was some frustration coming from dpa side i wouldn't be surprised if there's frustration coming from the other side as well some words were said some uh unsavory things said about e each party i believe from dpay's account he wasn't happy about how gladiators were talking to him in that meeting and apparently they had said some things that were in his mind um irreconcilable like they, you just can't you can't come back from that like they were they both parties had supposedly gone quite a bit too far off the deep end this is the kind of situation where like in a professional setting you should probably just take a bit of a break, have a yeah. breather, go outside, get a drink, have a smoke if that's what you need to do, and then come back and continue. Or maybe don't come back and continue to wait till the next day, sleep mm. it off. But obviously, you're in the heat of the moment. I, I get this. Look, I've, I've been in this type of situation. Human, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen things happen, right? This is how humans work as well. It's just like, yeah, you know, you're, both parties have a, a flag planted to the ground, and they chose the hills that they were going to die on. Glad's wanted to die on a certain hill. And David wanted to die on a different hill, mm. and neither party wanted to budge. And at mm. that point, if no one gives up and no one, no one, if you don't walk away and someone like, okay, let me let's meet in the middle. If you don't have that conversation, both parties, you draw the border, you draw the line, and then you have you have to separate. And so Deepay ends up leaving. He's like, We can't come back from this. I don't want to work for you anymore. You don't want to work with me. We cannot work together anymore. We cannot both coexist in the same environment there has to be something gone. And and that's the sort of space where either Glad's management departs, which is not going to ever happen, uh, or Deepay goes and Deepay understands, I'm probably going to go. So he leaves. And then, um, yeah, and, and basically fast forward is, is here we are. And that's why the departure was so sudden mm. because, you know, it, it had to come down to a specific moment in time that I had to break the camel's back and ended up being that moment. And then that's, how it was and obviously Deepay was quite emotional about it understandably he releases mm. a statement very early before glads can do anything about it mm. they rush out a farewell video and then boom Deepay's probably on the free agency market now i think he's looking for a new team and hopefully he'll find success somewhere i still think he's a good coach yeah that's yeah. the long and short of it yeah for sure i i hope other teams don't take that situation too yeah. seriously as to like say something about his um, ability as a head coach. Um, mm. I will say, and this is public knowledge, I think I last, before last, before this season, I had uh, Brenda on from uh, the Glads, mm. and they talked about, or she talked about the, um, the hardships she, they had in, in the off season between uh, season, was it season? Three or season four? Well, season two and three, season three. No, it would have to be last off season. So no, this one, the one that beforehand, where they were just very late to everything. Like, if you're late to the off season, that's a massive. Like, I I think people need to realize this is some of the most stressful times of the year. Like, you are laying the foundation. Like a lot of what what you do 
won't matter next year unless you do your job now. And everyone's rushing. Like, the, the managerial competition is never higher than now. Like, staff competition in terms of, like, um, what actually happens in a moment-to-moment. -moment, like, every minute right now matters in terms of staff so much more than at any other point in the season. Yes, also during the Grand Finals. Like, the, the share of, like, how... What you do, how important that is, is currently maximally involved. I think it's that that utility or that value goes down right now because a lot of the top agents are already off the market. But like securing the um, the support or like recruiting players like proper and whatnot will absolutely determine the success of your season. So being early, mm -hmm. being decisive, making a good pitch towards a player or half a team, I suppose is super important in order to secure a roster. And I feel a lot of people rightly feel that they lost the offseason and therefore lost the season. So this mm. is a highly stressful scenario. And therefore, it's perfectly understandable that emotions are high, especially if you have been in the, on the short end of that situation a couple of times. And I think people look at the GLADS rosters and think, well, well I mean, they always had high resources and like, always had these banger lineups. Like, look at, they got, like, players like Bird Ring. It's like, bro, they got Bird Ring super late. I'm not sure anyone else takes a chance on him that season when they picked him up. That's mm. not a, like, high-value signing at the time they did that. They actually like, made it valuable. And this is the other thing I was about to add on to what you're saying is like you were you mentioned how okay you have nine months of the year where you're on and three months of the year you're off, and I'm in my head I'm like, but do you really? Because you imagine this, you straight away after the season is done are into off season and you're into off season roster shuffling straight away, and you have to get in on these you know, deals and all that kind of stuff, and you know it, and this is so hard as well because you're you're speculating for a brand new game so that adds to the stress as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so you have no choice because everyone else is doing it. You must, you must get in off the floor early and start making deals with players as soon as possible. And, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And this is something else has been talked about is like, there probably are backed room deals made even beforehand. It's not like, Hey, are you interested? Like, I don't even know if that's legal, but the point is this is very competitive. Uh, so being early to the market is very important. And the other thing is, and this is the other criticism that, a lot of fans have of D-Pay and Gladiators. They like, like you said, man, yeah, you ago about like, oh yeah, they always have the big budgets and the big plans, and their success is so low for the amount of money they spend. First of all, you don't actually know how much money they spend. Um, yeah. You don't know that at all. So I don't know why people bring that up, like in, in with such certainty that like it's as if they've looked at the fucking books, books and accounts of all these teams. Do you actually know how much they've spent or other teams have spent? Like, I'd even make that statement. Second of all, um, they even even if you have money it doesn't mean you get the exact plays you want to build the exact team you want. There are high-profile players that will turn you down even if there's more money on the table. We heard, about, we heard the rumors about that, how yep. you know Nero turned down a higher offer from Houston to go to Shock, Fearless turned down a higher offer from Houston to go to the Dallas Fuel. So it's not like these teams aren't trying. It's not like you know just having the big budget doesn't guarantee exactly what you want. And so can you really fault, like, what the fuck else are you supposed to do if you're Houston? You failed to get two of the players that you really wanted. You failed to get fearless. What else are you supposed to do? You put an offer on the table, and that's it. They, they didn't take that. They took a lesser offer from another team. What more are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to, like, give them a foot massage too? You're supposed to double your offer? Like, what? Like, you know, there's a limit. And I know, I know, 
I know on on first hand account that there was a very high high profile signing that Glads wanted that they didn't get for mm-hmm. the this current offseason. I'm not gonna say who, but there there was one that was extremely high pro high profile signing that they absolutely did not get. And I'm sure the bag was put on the table there. So like it's not even if you have the money, like that doesn't necessarily mean everything at the end of the day either. So building your roster in the offseason is super difficult, super stress involved. Um, and it absolutely does prevent. And then again, if you if you have the delays on top of that, you are going to come late to the party for people that are going to get offers first. And you know those players might accept those offers far earlier if you don't have your budget locked down or X or Y other factor locked down. So I can see where the frustrations come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even just tangibly looking at this, like, are we concerned at all? Looking at you know. Yes, the Gladiators, as it stands currently, do have like a sizable roster going in Overwatch 2. Um, I I won't speak for everybody, but I don't think they're done, me personally. Um, are we concerned with just having one coach, or are they going to have to move kind of quickly to fill out the rest of the staff as well? They are already moving quite quickly to fill out the rest of the staff. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, as far as I know. I won't... I I'm not gonna confirm or deny anything. Look, this isn't this is I'm not Halo. I'm not here to leak. <laughs> uh, I'm just here to try and talk about things that I can talk about sure. and, and, and want to talk about. So it's more like to me, your options are you are either getting a new head coach in from elsewhere, you are promoting one of your assistant coaches, the only one that's left his face, um, and that's kind of your options, right? So you can, we can speak about either uh, what a, what a head coach is available. I guess supposedly you can get like someone like get amazed, but apparently get amazed based on what he's saying. He's not getting a lot of offers or even trials, so it's probably not going to be get amazed. Because if it was him, he wouldn't be out there saying like, "Hey, I'm not getting anything." So mm-hmm. it's not going to be him. Um, but just as to make a make a point that you know what, who's available? It's you know guys like get amazed or apparently Kooky's going to New York. So if we believe that, it's not going to be Kooky. Yeah. But also, um, I think Kooky wants to work on a on a full Korean roster anyway, ideally, mm-hmm. uh, and in Korea as well would be nice for him. So I mean, there's not. Who else has really left? I mean, you could get somebody from contenders. Oh. This is this is where the this is where the T two. This is where the crowd. I'm gonna talk about this in a second, by the way. This is where the crowd going at McGravy story would probably be like, oh yeah, you should get one of the tier two coaches. I'm like, are they proven? Are they proven enough? Would you rather get someone like that, or would you rather promote your current mm. assistant coach into a, into a head coaching role that's already on your team that already knows what the fuck he's doing? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's probably spent time building this roster as well. Right? Exactly. He's probably been in the talks. Intimately, the players yeah. know him intimately. Would you rather you rather you want to trust some new guy that you don't even know versus someone you've already worked with? Come on, it's a no-brainer. I mean, let, let's talk about that, the elephant in the room. Like, I don't understand why people have such a problem imagining Face as the head coach, right? Like, as I think... You want to have a problem with that? It feels like a lot of Glad's fans are like, oh, I'd rather have a guy that was a head coach before. He was. So who? Who who do they think? I want some names from these people. And here, I'll I'll get a Freddy out of it. The names will give me. I get amazed. And then some tier two people probably. Or some like Korean coach. Mm. Oh, here, oh, here's the one that here's the one that's gonna tilt me off the face of the fucking earth. Someone's gonna bring up O2, O2, O2 uh, boss. I'm gonna, I'm, it's gonna fucking send me. Yeah. I'm gonna be on the other side of the room. I will be. I'm gonna turn my camera off and and turn my microphone off as I yell into the void. If someone blank. says that shit, it will send me. Can it you explain why for those not um, aware? I just don't. I I I need to understand what it is that people. Why people 
why people look at certain coaches and think what they think and um and all that it, it's not mm. it, let me put on a record i it's not that i don't think he's good or he's not worthy or anything like that for what for me it's 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 this thing about this is notion about like i made this tweet on on twitter because I, I i don't know if i wanted to make it or not but i was angry enough to do it um was that you know people people don't actually know what coaches do what makes them good and what value they actually bring to a team people do not know that they absolutely do not yeah um and they but, they, but unfortunately they pretend they do unfortunately they speak with absolute certainty like they fucking know what what everyone does and how they coach and what actually mm-hmm. they bring to the team and how good they were no one actually knows you know what these people do you know what these people in online do they will throw out random names of people who they think they're good and the reason why they think they're good is literally which win oh must mean they're good yeah but they lose yeah. oh i guess they're bad then. that is literally what they do that is literally what how people's brains yep. on online work i this is and, and the, my bigger problem is like Admit you know nothing then. Just say you don't know anything. Why speak with such certainty yes. about things like this when you actually don't know shit? Yep. And then you're like, oh no, you have, you you gotta get you gotta pick up this person because of blah blah. You gotta get a make sure you put get amazed on there. I'm like, why? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying get amazed shouldn't be there, but I no one can give me a real reason why outside of well, he went eight and eight with the Paris Eternal. Like, is that fucking is was that all you got? Is that is that literally it? Is that literally your argument? Because let me let me let me let me break some news to you, buddy. If you put either coach of the year, Moon or Rush, on the LA Valiant this year, I promise you, LA Valiant still shit the fucking bed. Would you still think they're a good coach? You probably you probably wouldn't anymore because you're if you're a zero head and all you look at is results, you probably think Moon and Rush are fucking garbage coaches. But then like, then clearly they can't be good coaches. Well, the argument should be like, well, clearly they are good coaches because mm. they led their teams to victory and Rush did a great job in Dallas working with. I would say a roster that didn't have all its pieces there to to make it work. He had to kind of invent his own metas, right? Yeah. Um. So clearly, I think Russia is a good coach. There's there's some things that you could really look at to to get a good idea of what makes a coach maybe a little bit better, maybe have a clear idea. Yeah. But it's the the fucking zero head take would be like if you if you put him on a bad team and he has bad results and obviously he's gonna go do badly. Does that mean now that he's a bad coach? Because the the really stupid way of thinking about it is just applying literal results into mm. how good somebody is at their job, which is just completely false. Yeah. It's not like people are familiarizing themselves with either the character or the contents or, of the ideas that these coaches have. It's not like coaching interview content does like insane numbers and everyone is filled in. You, you, you have some better metrics out there other than win rates. You're just choosing not to take that one. And to be fair, like, of course, there's a lot of noise in, in the eloquence of a coach that could mask over their ability. But, like, you can look at their ideas and how they translate to the, to the actual server and then relate it there. But, I don't know, the, like, everything else is just narrative analysis that should be readily discarded and not highly upvoted as they are in every single thread that you see. Also... How do these people think head coaches, where, where do they come from? Is there like some head coaching factory that they're made at? Yeah. Oh, bro, assistant coaches get promoted yeah. to head coaches. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. That's so, oh, my God. I could never have imagined that. Crazy. How wild is that? Did you know that head coaches are usually coming from assistant coaches being promoted? Fuck, that's a concept 
that like fucking most of the population apparently doesn't understand. Yeah. Wow, how how wild is that? Do you did you think head coaches get churned out of a fucking factory? Come on. Yeah. And I think what what is fair, like there's definitely certain different tiers of Overwatch League, right? Like sure. you could say, yeah, maybe the new head coaches should try their hand first on the lesser teams. Let's say that, right? Mm. Try to get something going there. And not drive, which might still be one of the more, most well-budgeted teams uh, in the Overwatch League immediately, right? The thing mm. is, like, it's, it is completely discarding um, what pot potential impact FaZe might have had on that team as well, right? Yep. So, um, like, knowing, for instance, scouting, I always, like, it, that's something that you, as the viewer, can totally, like, get an idea of. Look at who he scouted for Talon. Look at how, like, this team scouted this year. Who popped off this Face fight. got skewed, by the way. Face scouted skewed. There we go. Yeah. But people, people don't give him credit for that. People don't give him credit for that. They don't acknowledge that. They'll, they'll, they'll go ahead and say, oh, I think we should get a, uh, someone that's been a head coach before. Name that person, motherfucker. Name that person. And he got a baller roster this season. Hmm? He got all, like, he got that all together. And I guess we'll, we'll talk about the, the um, new guys in a second. Are we ready? Are we ready to go into the roster? Or are you guys, yeah, any, sure. any final thoughts? No, let's get into Joe, it. Joe, any final let's thoughts? On... Oh, yeah. It, I think eloquently said from the both of cool. you, I agree with those things. Uh, the podcast before the podcast has concluded. Welcome officially to 198. We're going to do the roster talk now. Boom. Okay. We're obviously going to start with Gladiators. Number one, yeah. the number one team, uh, because we're going to transition from Deepay and Gladiators and where their where their coaching staff is going into this topic straight away. Because uh, some big announcements from Gladiators. Some of it, let's be real. Uh, Astro was already leaked. Space, I would say, is fairly safe to say that he would probably come back unless somebody else like. A shock or somebody was going to give him a crazy bag and then say and then also yep. quote-unquote maybe guarantee him some starting time mm. i i would say that space coming back to gladiators was, was a very safe bet so i don't think that's the biggest news mm. but then oh my goodness Arns out of nowhere holy shit i'm big on Arns personally i'm very big on Arns. and um, and then reiner coming in. i don't know as much about reiner but I've, I've heard that he's fantastic in the tier two scene so I, i'm glad they're taking a, a, a bit of a chance on him um and they will keep the pieces they they know are good like space like i'm sure that space is probably going to be the designated starter on the tank now the solo tank position but you got reiner in the background to kind of fill in the gaps if if space's hero pool's lacking so there's a decent amount of safety in here and my god is like Arn's still just a piping hot player in terms of how good this guy is yeah um like seriously like people People might think about it like, oh, that's a bit of a hot take. Did you see his season? I did see his season, but I also did see the fact that our hit scan was pretty garbage this season. And mm. I don't know about you, but Shock had some internal issues about, you know, who was going to be playing, working out their roster. They had this huge roster that they were they were trying to juggle around with, and you know, different people were playing different stuff at various points. It was it was a bit of a mess. I I don't think the meta or Shock really did justice to Arns mm. this year. And I think a fresh start in Overwatch 2 where Hitscan could be mega strong. I personally think Hitscan is going to be very strong on Overwatch 2. Arns is your guy because Arns still, to me, does the craziest things and has the highest peak in Hitscan performance I've ever seen in my life. Yep. 
to quote you, Avril, specifically, I think Ons is probably the best like third DPS player that you could get um, for a lot of the same reasons, right? We all remember the 56% headshot accuracy game where he just takes over against Philly and quite literally punishes the most absurd angles possible, right? Like without you, you it's it's those those actual like dominant performances where somebody's actually taking over a game and putting up stats that you know really beg belief first it was decay with i think it was like 37 percent, and then you know on says hold my beer and you know does stuff like that so that is something you can kind of count on i understand the hesitancy um with looking at this last season but two big like avril said two big factors kind of you know stand in the way of that criticism that I don't think are necessarily fair when you look at how like the highs of what he did in, in 2020, that it, that's, you know, I don't know that we have back-to-back champions um, in the San Francisco shock without ons, right? That's, that's, I, I don't think that's too bold to say. So having gladiators make that kind of move to secure what I think is a superstar role player is fantastic. Do I think they're done with their DPS rotation? No, I think you need somebody to kind of compliment Kevster across a wider variety of heroes. Um, but I think Ons, uh, I put this in some content recently, um, is the best break in case of emergency player you can sign. If there I is think they need one scan, more. Yeah, yeah they I agree. Only need one more. I think they need one more DPS, and that's even if they really, really, because apparently Reiner can play DPS, he used to be one. Uh, no, but I think two, two, this is Arns Kefster is a phenomenal start, and then maybe one more player that's a little bit flexible, yep. and then you're good to go. Yep. So... Honestly, I'm I'm crazy, but I think maybe they can even get like Mirror back. I, I I'm just looking objectively from a, in a vacuum. Obviously, I don't know what it's like to work with Mirror on a team. Mm. Um, but like assuming they like Mirror as a as a guy and, and as a coworker, uh, Mirror is the kind of guy that just fills so many extra gaps yep. in your hero pools just to round it. That's what he did for the team this year, and I think he did mm-hmm. it, you know, adequately. And um, I don't know that Mirror wants to be that guy though. So that's maybe the only like <laughs> side tangent. But maybe he doesn't want to be that guy. That just he's just there to play the silly heroes and fill out the hero pool. Maybe mm. he wants to be a starting player instead. But um, I don't know. I, I think they only need one more player. And then Who else could it be though? I mean, that's a free that's, agent. That's a tough one. Okay, okay let me ask sp- more specifically. Uh-huh. In twenty twenty one or slash twenty twenty two. Is EQO still good enough to be on a roster like this? It's too hard to say. It's too hard to say. I think there's a lot of unknowns about the next game. Based on what he did this year, I think his hero Mm. pool is interesting and then it can cover some decent bases. But I think EQ would most likely end up being a potential bench player for this team. I don't know. Maybe maybe you go into double flex DPS. Maybe, Maybe DPS hero pools are so required to be so flexible in the next game that you're going to have to have like two guys that can play a lot of stuff. Can I throw maybe, a name maybe, at you? Maybe Arns ends up being the problem because he doesn't play enough and he's going to have to improve his hero pool by a lot. Mm. I think that might be tough. Is it, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible, right? We saw him play some some wider variety of heroes and we're giving him credit for on the shock, but it's it's definitely the dedicated hit scan role that he kind of thrives in. Um. Is there any possible way we see the return of Patafan? Oh, shit. Any shot. Oh, shit. Uh, well, here we go. Let me, let me put it out there for you. Face has worked with Patafan before. So mm-hmm. there's some familiarity there. 
I think if there's any coach that would actually go for Padapan, it probably would be face. If if he is in a position, let's just work with what we got. He's the only coach remaining. So I'm yep. going to work with, I'm just going to work with he's the only coach on the team currently. Right. Like that's what that's what I'm working on. Um, he's the, He has a connection to Padapan. The bigger question was, would Padapan want to come back? Because sure. Padapan is doing yeah. well enough in Valorant that he might not want to come back. I don't think that he would potentially want to come back. Also, you'd have to hope that he would come back and be popping off and that he hasn't been washed from playing right. Valorant for too long, which I, you know, he was, he's, he's been good enough at two games. I think he probably could be. He's a, he's a kid that like might just be a child prodigy in gaming. Cause he was like, in my opinion, at, at a very fucking high level, at least individual on mechanics for Overwatch and then mm. do the same thing in Valorant. So maybe he'll just come back and pound, but it's not impossible, but I think it's a very outside option. I think the, the clear options to me is mm. somebody that's a bit more of a known quality quantity rather like mirror. Um, but maybe if you're glad you're looking for something with a bit more firepower, but if you're going to do, if you're going to go in that direction, you need to be, I don't know, dropping something. You got to be. Oh yeah. Agreed. I don't big. hate the mirror pick. I think that that kind of, uh, like you said, it, it, he brings, he's kind of a unicorn in a way. Like there aren't, aren't too many other players that, that you, uh, there's probably a list of them that you can keep on one hand that can play the heroes he has shown throughout his career at a very high level. Um, mm -hmm. And it also kind of references uh, Yiska's point that I think he made last show talking about like the DPS maybe stepping into the, the tank role, like, you know, that, that, that kind of role fluidity could be coming back within this game because we don't really know what tanks are supposed to be doing. Well, we don't even know what tanks are going to actually do in mm -hmm. the game. So having that flexibility might actually be a pre at a premium. I don't hate Mirror coming back to this team. I don't know if it's their best option. It's just something I put out yeah, there. It's just I something agree. I put out into yeah. the world. I'm like, I, I, I think I'm sure there could be like better options out there in terms of like, you know, somebody else that might be a slightly higher quality player, but like just, mm. you know, I'm kind of jealous of those multiverses that have everything else the same, just proper to glance. <laughs> Whew, baby. <laughs> Ah, literally the new decay. That's literally just the new yeah. decay at that point. Um, Damn, that would be um, so dude, you, are, you are cheating. You are smurfing in this league if you have mm. proper Arns Kevster. Like, fuck me. Like, either <laughs> one of those guys could be an MVP or a roll star, and all three of them probably roll stars. Yeah. Um, uh, you are actually smurfing in this league if you're doing that. Just, yeah. like, just stop before I get too erect. Um, where, <laughs> where will we go to next? I think that's pretty much Glad's mm -hmm. done. For now, I think we've, we, everyone's pretty happy with their team. I don't know if anyone had any particular thoughts on Reiner. Uh, I, I, obviously, Goliaths have, have taken risks on tier two tanks before. Yes. Um, and it's been, I'd say Muse had a good run. Yeah. That being said, though, Muse, Deepay did in his tell all stream that Muse wasn't great on the Rhine, so that, that's mm. why they play mostly dive. Although, to be fair, they also lucked out on that because they end up playing yeah. the quote unquote correct meta based on what Shanghai were doing. So not only do they kind of luck out on playing, avoiding one of Muse's bad heroes and one of their bad comps, but they played something they were good. That's also why Moth didn't play, because Moth was going to be there for the Lucio, but they never played mm -hmm. Lucio comps. Yep. So, who knows? Initial uh, research regarding Reiner, um, I hear that he's probably one of the better main tank options looking at Overwatch 2 from the West. Mm -hmm. um, very flexible, uh, a big playmaker. Um, but perhaps needs to be in the right system to kind of facilitate that so i think this okay. is very much a glad signing where it's like okay this could work this could be a skewed um not in the sense that it's like a diamond to the rough because it's very much obvious that yeah. reiner is talented 
Um, but it's it's just how does he fit within this roster? That's kind of where um but my my research meets my my own opinion. Gladiators have the necessary safety net in space. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's, a, it's a safe risk, it's a very safe risk for them to take with the Rhino. Because if it doesn't work out, I mean, space is probably going to be the starter anyway, and they're very Mm -hmm. happy with space. I'm happy with space. I think space is going to be one of the, you know, one of the tanks to look at. I'm talking like he's some up and coming player. No, he's (laughs) he's a veteran, um, and he's he's a great player, and he'll be great. So Toronto now. Speaking of uh, Muse, who is no longer with the Gladiators, he's rumored to be on Toronto, but Toronto above that have also then further announced Hopper joining the team from Philly Fusion, and also Moby Dick from Philly Fusion. So part of me looks at Toronto like, in a way, Toronto going into next year is more Philly Fusion than Philly Fusion is. Mm. They've, they've actually just taken so many players and staff members and all this kind of stuff from Philly Fusion that, like, you've actually got most of these, like, Philly refugees now just on Toronto. Yeah. you got the KDG, Moby Dick duo on there. Hisu's still on there as well. Uh, and then you've got Hopper joining there. Um, on top of that, you have Twilight and uh, Muses. Well, Twilight's on there and Muses rumored. It's starting to look like a very good Toronto team, like on paper. This is an exciting team, a team to be excited about. Yeah, I think I I can't sing enough the praises of Moby Dick. I've heard a lot of good things behind the scenes um, about his coaching and uh, how intelligent he is. So I think that's a great signing. Um, I've been a big fan of Muse for a long time. So if that comes to fruition, um, fabulous. I think that's great. Um, I have been a big hot behater in the past. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's, it's to a point now where enough coaches that I respect, uh, see something in him that I have to go, okay, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the idiot in the room. And it's very likely that's the case because I'm operating with like very limited information in front of me. Um, I've always thought that he's been fine. Right. But is that something that you're wanting to bank on going into overwatch Two? me personally, from my perspective? No, it's not. Maybe there's some intangibles. Maybe there's more than I'm not seeing. Maybe there's more things. Um, maybe he's a scrim god. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> enough coaches have have put their faith in him that it's uh, okay. Maybe Jar. you know, gotta, gotta give him a shot, right? Gotta I'll, give him I'll a chance. It's, it's the Coca Cola sponsorship money. Coke love him, and you know, <laughs> whatever team has started on the team, Coke is just throwing money at them. Fair, fair. Uh, it's it's tough. Hot Buzz. I, I'm I'm waiting to be impressed. I'm waiting to see what they see. However, Sorry, outside got, of that, I got hot, but I got hot, but confused with Sato, but don't, don't mind me. <laughs> I'm, I'm high. I, I like the rest of the roster. I'll say that. I like where they're going direction wise. Mm. I just pray, please. Wait, whoever Sato and hot, but not the same person. I'm, I'm, I'm in a different world currently. Um, <laughs> okay. The, my, my last prayer, I'll light a candle to this. I don't know that the powers that be, whoever the puppeteer is at the Toronto Defiant, please no random Western players. Just please, no, no beasts, I mean, no. I, God bless logics. Happy, happy to see you somewhere else. Just no random Western players. You didn't like Aspire, even though Aspire kind of saved them a little bit. He but. he he came in clutch. He was a great role player, but I think that you can't bank on that nine Wait, times out but of ten. Right? Who like, is that's... who's going to be kept out of the group chat then? Nobody, because there won't need to be anybody to keep out. Please do not do that again. Oh, I just imagine the one Western player on their team. Like, you know, after scrims, everyone's like, good job, guys. And then all the Koreans go and hang out and they go in the group chat and they do their own thing and they have a laugh. And you just got this one Western play on the outside of the Toronto facility that they play the overactive media as esports facility. And he's just out there with a frosted glass, like 
looking like he wants to come in for Christmas dinner, just being gate kept out of his team. Oh, I can't wait for that. Can I say, mm. the, even with the rumors, okay, why I'm not feeling it yet, dude. Twilight was a good beginning, but like, yeah. Is this really oh, like a better start than they had in terms of their signings from last year? Because theoretically speaking, they had a pretty good roster last year. They had bu a bunch of like the runner up of the regular season, mm -hmm. um, Philly Fusion. Yeah. They had some highly hyped uh, rookies. Yeah. They probably had, if not the, then one of the best tanks of the season prior. Yeah, and they still couldn't get it together. How is that subs what we're currently seeing substantially different than their attempts from last? Moby Dick, Moby Dick. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely got to be yeah a, a factor in that. I think the the well, unfortunately, technical difficulties got us, guys. During the episode, I got an OBS crash, and we lost over half of the podcast, as you can see. So. All of the audio tracks until 2.45 from 1.08 are completely gone. Not recoverable. That means for us, because we also have other production stuff to do for TCP this week, that we won't be re-recording these topics, but we will add them to 1.99. So if you're missing some of the trade rumors or transfer discussions, that is coming next week. We're sorry for a short episode, but I hope once episode 200 comes along, you guys will understand why we couldn't find the time this week to re-record. Thank you.